You're listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. This is the podcast for the ambitious woman in tech who wants more and is willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I'm going to give you all of the tips, methods, and strategies you need to remove self-doubt, get over your fears, and build the confidence you need to live the life of your dreams and reach your highest potential. So strap in, enjoy the ride, and let's go get you everything that you deserve. Hi, Kendra. Welcome to the show. So for everyone listening today, Kendra and I used to work together at Avenard and Kendra is incredible. When we were first working together, Kendra was just starting to pioneer some of the incredible work she's been doing over the last few years in terms of helping Avenard specifically and other organizations solve some of the challenges around creating an incredible employee experience and workplace experience. And So I'm really excited to chat to you today, Kendra, because I know how much progress you've made over the last couple of years. And I'd love you to tell us about that. So Kendra, what do the people need to know about you? Will you introduce yourself for us, please? Thanks, Charlotte. A beautiful introduction. So my name is Kendra Kaposi-Parker. I am a professional HR director of currently of the global director for the employee experience on the future of work massively passionate about humanizing the workplace experience, using technology um, and cultural shifts to really tap into the potential of all of our people. I think there's a real opportunity. We are definitely at the beginning of a new era of work and HR is one of the most exciting places to be. And I'm really thrilled to, to be in the position that I am and be able to change hopefully the workplace of the future. Mm, incredible. Yeah. I mean, specifically when we think about the last two years as well. So as we've come through COVID and as we're coming out of COVID, what are some of the key challenges that you've been helping to solve in the, the work that you've been doing? So I think the first thing is, is that when we think about the last two years, with all of the horrible negative impacts of COVID, there have been some real silver linings. And one of them is that we recognize kind of the triumph of the human spirit. We acknowledge now that resiliency and agility are some of the key characteristics that really helped companies especially thrive during the pandemic. And so now it's about organizations really recognizing that, you know, we've come from this old era that was really workplace centric to this era that's really worker centric and people first. And you hear organizations talking about being people first. And so I kind of think that it's it's my role internally at my organization to hold us to account to that. You can't talk about the purpose of having creating human impact, which is our purpose statement, if you're not also thinking about what that means for the people internally. So employee experience is one of the most important things that you can do to improve your your business, right? The ROI on that, I think MIT says that two-time production, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're investing in your employee experience, your client experience is going to be two times better. And we're seeing that within our organization. And so we're focused on really ensuring that we are putting our people's needs, their desires first. We're thinking about things like choice and autonomy and trust 
topics that in the past we probably addressed, but maybe a little bit too lightheartedly, we didn't really invest in what that actually meant. And through our partnership with the Neuroleadership Institute, you know, we've kind of investigated and understood better that choice is an optimizer. When people are given the choice on where to work from or when to work, they're more invested, they're more efficient, they're more productive. And so, you know, we started by looking at what could we do to improve the employee experience with regards to those things? How can we instill more choice into those decisions? And one of the things that we did was create an alternative work week, which is not, it's not new. It's not rocket science. It's a compressed work week, which many organizations across the world have offered. But typically they were targeted towards your returners to those folks who are coming back from paternity or maternity leave or some sort of leave and not something that was on offer for all of your people. And so we've been really investing in thinking about how could we do things differently? How could we offer something like that across the organization? So when you left Mm -hmm. um, two years ago, we had just started thinking about what that could look like. And two years later, we've now rolled it out globally. It's an option for every one of our employees. There are still roadblocks and hurdles to get over. We have to, you know, set expectations with clients. We certainly have folks within the organization who might not have fully embraced it yet, but we're working on it. We're addressing those tough conversations. We're setting those expectations up front. We're getting everybody involved in that from legal to our sellers, to our project leads to make sure that we can actually do what we say we're going to do. Amazing. I absolutely love that. And the progress that you've made is just incredible. I remember the first design thinking workshop that I supported you with, (laughs) where you were just coming up with those ideas as a group and now look where you are. It's incredible. And so when you talk about choice and you talk about the alternative week work week, what does that actually look like in, in practice? What are some of the choices that people have with it? Yeah. So when we looked originally at kind of how could we address what's going on with COVID, we we immediately, like many companies, kind of defaulted to informal flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to log on early and start your day at 6 a.m., or you want and take breaks during the day and then come back on the evening, that's great. Right? We want to give people that choice about when they're working. But we knew we wanted to take it one level further and give them an extended choice on, well, what does your whole week look like? Not just your day-to-day, but if you have other obligations. You know, how could you better meet those obligations outside of work by actually redesigning your entire schedule? I think the issue is, is one, we've always said we really valued work-life balance. It's been foundational to who we were as an organization from the very beginning. You, you, you hear it as soon as you walk in through the door. And I think that we were good at addressing that. But over time, I think we all kind of forgot what life actually means. So we were so invested in work and COVID was this like slap in the face reminder oh, my life looks very different from yours. And so there's this recognition that we needed to put as much proactiveness into living our lives as we were into our work. And that by better meeting management, by redesigning our weeks or doing 10 fours or nine by nine fortnightly, we could actually start to kind of craft our lives a little bit differently and capture more time back for that living. We always also talk about the amazing people that we bring into our organization. 
And the people are what are our product and they are what makes us such a unique place to work. And that's because of the things they do outside of work too. And so we really need to make sure that we were providing people that opportunity to participate in those activities, whether we've got people who are teaching at the local university, folks who are now coaching their kids' baseball games, you know, using more time for self-care. It really runs the gamut, but we, we knew that we needed to kind of help people proactively untether themselves from work so that there was that work-life balance. Mm. Yeah, incredible. And I, I just love that because like you say, I mean, there's so much more to work, to our lives than, than just work. There's so much more to consider and so many more goals and things we want to achieve. And, and very often we can feel like we have to give up part of ourselves potentially just to be able to be successful in the workplace. And for you to say that, well, there is another way actually, and we are seeing huge success with that is just incredible to really hear. And so when we sort of think about some of the, the things that you put into place already, how could other organizations use, use such strategies to support their women in tech specifically, maybe from an attraction, retention perspective? What does that look like? Do you have any suggestions? There's a couple of things that immediately come to mind. One of the reasons we were so successful in kind of pushing the envelope was because we got executive buy-in and not across the board. It started as a pilot, but through our pilot, we had a couple of really key senior people participate in the pilot and understand what it really looked like for their lives. And I think you could argue that flexibility was always on offer for, for most executives and that they have always had opportunities to kind of push the boundaries. But they were coming back to us and saying, no, like I didn't feel empowered actually to fully untether myself. And so having those leaders and those voices actually experience it was really key. If you look at some of the Microsoft studies that have come, the trend reports coming out over the last couple of years, Gartner studies show the same thing. There is a growing gap between the experience of executives and the rest of the people. Right. And so having a key group of executives actually experience it and then being able to understand their experience, collect data from them. What we found was we actually interviewed our executives who participated in the initial pilot as well as the second phase. And what we learned from them was that they had changed their behaviors. They were able to claw back more time for themselves. They were delegating more they were trusting their teams more, mm -hmm. right? So we saw some really positive impacts and shifts to the way that they were working. And now they're ambassadors for us who are going out and advocating for this program because it has significantly impacted their lives. And they are a trusted resource. They have that credibility with their peer set. So we've got this really great advocate group. So I think that's really important. The second thing is making sure that you are listening to your people that gap is there for a reason, right? And so the experiences of our executives is certainly different than the rest of our people. So making sure that you're, you're really listening and you're continuing to listen to what your people need and what they want, really, really important. So having those active listening strategies, continuing to ask the question, why do you like it here? What keeps you here? And what could we do that would make you love this place even more, right? These are really important questions to ask and then to help celebrate. There was something you said before about professionalism and keeping your... Kind of, I, I think for women specifically, yeah. 
there is this tendency for us to wear a mask. And, oh, and I certainly yes. feel like it is my goal in life to help people remove that mask. I have felt it in my own career. And so I think along with having executives and having that buy-in and, and really getting the feedback from your people and understanding what their wants and desires, the third piece is really helping to role model things like vulnerability and authenticity without seeing it as being messy. People are messy. But I think that if we really want to tap into the potential of our people, you know, we need to let them be who they are. We need to tap into their unique strengths and gifts and help them understand what those are and allow them the space to be a little bit messy, to be authentic and vulnerable. That's the power that especially women have. So I think that that's a really key piece as well. Yeah, I love that. And those are all really great points. And I think I love the final point that you made about being able to kind of our power is in our ability to be more vulnerable, to have those sort of more feminine archetype traits in terms of the energy that we also hold as well. And so being able to really use that and step into our power and have a safe space to do that in organization. I mean, it's revolutionary, I think, and really Uh um, completely just changing the way that we can feel included and valued in the workplace as well. So I absolutely love that. And then Kendra, I'm interested actually to hear your opinion on this because obviously there's a lot going on in the press right now, specifically when we look at Tesla and Twitter and Elon and dragging everyone back to the office and all of that. And I just wonder from your perspective, how you feel about that, first of all, I think I, I might be able to guess. But then secondly, as well, what do you think the wider impact is of actions like that from someone that's such an influencer? It's scary. The first thing is, I think it's the wrong approach. I think you're actually ripping the choice away from people. So forcing people into those situations, you'll have many people who will opt in because they feel chained to their job. They feel potentially invested in the company and what it stood for before he came in. You've got people who you know feel like in order for them to meet their financial obligations, like with a looming potential looming recession, of course, the answer is to click the yes button. Mm -hmm. And so that worries me. I think what worries me more is the fact that you probably end up having a very undiverse group of people. Too many similarities and some, some serious issues with regards to diversity and inclusion, creating a culture that probably is already inherently toxic based on the way everyone is there. So I think it's very troubling. And... Like I said, we are at this point in time where we're kind of really creating a whole new future of work. Now, I think what we will see, and and I think many people kind of hope to see this, is that the business results will show that that is not the optimal way to succeed in in business. We know that purpose-driven companies are finding more success. We know that the generations from Generation X down really want to work for organizations that stand for something, that have a very defined employee value proposition and, and really, you know, are areas where they can bring their whole authentic selves to the workplace and don't have to wear that mask. And so hopefully in time, we'll, we'll see that prove out. But there's an opportunity here for other businesses to, to witness the downfalls and to see the mass exodus and realize that when we are talking about, well, like we said, what I said at the beginning, people first, that those are the organizations that are going to succeed by investing in your people and their experience. That's where you're going to really find that success. 
And by really diversifying your employee base, you're going to get the vast more perspectives, more innovation, better communication, creativity. I mean, the list goes on. It's been proven time and time again. And I think with Twitter, it'll be proven as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this will play out over time, won't it? It'll be very interesting. But thankfully, there are people like you and the work that you're doing that is proving the opposite to be true <laughs> and is um, you know advocating for a much more diverse and safe space and safe workspace as well. So that's incredible. So very quickly, we talk a lot about confidence on this show, specifically for women in tech. And what role, Kendra, do you think confident plays in supporting women in the workplace specifically? I mean, we know confidence is an issue for women specifically. We know women don't tend to apply for roles where they're not confident they're 100% a shoe in So it's, it's really an issue. I think that confidence is one of the most important characteristics that you can help instill in your employees, um, helping them to build that up by celebrating their successes, setting small goals and achieving those, really having kind of some aspirational goals and stretching people that all helps to build confidence. But confidence is is massively important because it doesn't matter what you're doing to invest in your people. If they don't actually believe that they can achieve those things, Mm -hmm. then they're always going to play small. And having role models, again, I mean, we, we always hear it, right? We talk about it all the time, but role models are so important in sharing how they've overcome some of their issues. I certainly have struggled with my confidence over the years. Maybe sometimes I come off as being extremely confident because I'm actually, um, you know, masking leaning too far the wrong way. But I think that it's, it's really important to talk about it, to help instill it to help people think about mindset and what they can do to build that confidence. Because once you recognize that you could do anything you believe you can do, I mean, the options are limitless. And women are changing the face of the world and women in business, women in tech have so much opportunity ahead of them. I was just listening to a podcast and I'm remiss to say, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but I will let you know what it is. Um, But he was talking about, if we think about institutions look at religion. It is so hard to change religion. Although the Pope did say this week, employing women in the Vatican has significantly improved things. So, you know, and and (laughs) he had a lot of really positive things to say about the improvements that have happened. But religion is stagnant, right? It's not changing very fast. If we look at education, we're still teaching students the same things we were teaching hundreds of years ago. But businesses have an op- as an institution have an opportunity to really adapt and accelerate change at a level unknown to other institutions. And so there's this real opportunity for us to change the world as we know it, especially the world of work. Technology is going to help us do that. I think for a long time, we thought about it maybe inhibiting us as humans and replacing us and taking over our jobs. But actually what it's going to do is enable us to really tap into our full potential and to change the collective for the better. And so I think women, if we continue to build their confidence and and help them realize this opportunity that lays out in front of them, we're going to be stopless, limitless. Amazing. I love it. Love, love, love your opinion on everything. So thank you so much, Kendra. I for one, I'm super excited for other employees, employers to wake up and start adopting some of the things that we have been talking about today, because I think the world will be a much better place. Kendra, thank you so much. And 
If anyone wants to find out more about you, where can they go? Are you on LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn's a great place to start. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So we'll put Kendra's details in the show notes. So if you want to get in touch with her, you're more than welcome to do that. But Kendra, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an incredibly enlightening experience and I know that it will benefit a lot of people. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. If you'd like to get your hands on my incredible and absolutely free 100 resources to empower women in tech guide, which by the way, is packed to the brim with all of the top networks, events, podcasts and books, oh, and influencers you need to follow right now, then all you need to do is go to charlottefuller.com and click the link at the top of the page. Or you can just use the link in the show notes. Super, super simple. I look forward to seeing you next time. All my love and confidence, Charlotte.